This is the Mouths of the South podcast. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. The official Dirty South soccer podcast. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Talking all things Atlanta United FC. Don't nobody understand the words that are coming out of your mouth, man. We are the Mouths of the South. The South got something to say. That's all I got to say. What's up, Atlanta? This is the Mouths of South podcast brought to you by Dirty South Soccer, not the palatial studios of 680 The Fan, but in our respective homes. Sam Franco, Josh Bakaryansky, in my screen. Gentlemen, I would normally start the day, start the podcast by asking how you guys are, how the day is going, how your week has been. Not today. And if you have little kids, you listeners, go ahead and put the earbuds in, put the headphones on, turn down the volume, because we normally don't allow profanity, but today we'll make an exception. Today we yeah. make an exception for the profanity. You are angry today. You normally, are an angry, listen, angry man. Normally we don't allow profanity because me, being the, the nervous wreck that I am, feel like in the studios I'm going to push a button that yeah. sends By the we, we radio. Mean, we mean you. By exactly. we, we mean me. you. Yeah. Uh, Eric's biggest so I, fear I, is the FCC. I'm always nervous that the FCC is going to come crashing down on me for something I accidentally did. But I have a bone to pick. And Josh, I didn't think you were going to be on today, so I thought this would be cool. But you apparently don't like this idea, but I don't care what you think because this is my show today. <laughs> this is my show. This is Take my it away. Issue. Take it away. Let's go. I, I have a bone to pick. I like the – look, I like the Siempre United guys. I like them. We had a – there were two of them were there in the press box uh, on Wednesday. On Wednesday? No. When was the last game? When was Orlando? Sunday? Saturday? Doesn't matter. Two two of them were there on Saturday. We had, we had a, Orlando? <laughs> you said when was the last game? When was Orlando? Oh, they, yeah, that, yeah. Saturday? That on Saturday, yeah. And so, Samper United getting press nice, credentials. Good look, nice, nice conversation on the way to our cars. You know, everything cordial. I have no problem with the Samper United guys. I do have a problem with Danny, though. Danny is the bane of my existence. Uh-oh. I don't understand Danny. Are, are, are you drunk, Danny? When you watch Atlanta United play, are you sucking down Aguardiente before you watch Pity Martinez play? Because that's the only way you can convince me that you really think Pity Martinez is a good player. You know how I know he's not a good player? He's never really been consistent. He's only scored double-digit goals like once in a season. That's not in league play. That's across all competitions. League play that year, the year that he won his little South American player of the year thing, six goals within competition. I don't know how he won it, but miraculously he did. You know how I know he's not a good player? Because Atlanta United has basically admitted that they missed on Pity Martinez by selling him to Saudi Arabia. Not to a good team, not to, not to a, 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 some, some Spanish second division, some you know, Portuguese team that might have some respect tied to its name, but to Saudi Arabia. I'm going to stop you right there, though. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. For Atlanta United's perspective, it's the whoever is, gives them the most money. It doesn't matter who oh, they sell them to. I agree with you. It doesn't matter. So, I mean, if from his pay- perspective, yeah, it stinks. But from their perspective, they got $18 million reportedly out of Saudi Arabia for a player that nobody thinks is worth that right now. You're telling me that Pity Martinez saw this and was like, yeah, I'd love to go to Saudi Arabia right now. Probably not, but again, from the team's perspective, <laughs> I don't know. They, who cares who they sell? You can live in luxury over there, man. I, I'm willing to bet that as soon as he gets sold, as soon as he has no ties to Atlanta United anymore, he's going to dog the hell, dog the shit out of this team because of how he's been treated since Frank DeBoer came in. Uh, you know, ob- his, his obviously di- obvious disdain for Frank DeBoer. You saying he's going to pull I, an LGP? I, 
I can't imagine he's going to be happy about this transfer. I'm sure he's happy to get out of Atlanta, but I don't think that he this, remember this is the same guy. This is the same guy. Why do you say talk, he's not happy? He still has to sign a contract. It's not this, like he has to the, go this there. Is the, this is the same guy that after he signed with Atlanta United decided to talk about how he felt disrespected because he wasn't getting viewed by or, or getting talked to by uh, by the European clubs he wanted to go to so badly. In what world is he worth going to having that conversation with anyone? He's not a good player. We're going to forget about him as soon as he, he leaves Atlanta United. We're never going to hear from him again. Okay, so I, I can't think, say he's not a good player. He wants South yeah. American Player of the Year. I mean, well, you don't do that without being somewhat of a good player with talent. I'm a little suspicious as to the process of winning that, oh that, that title. Well, no, I think that – Six that, goals within competition. That within tro- league play. But listen, Ten that, within all competitions. You mentioned that. That trophy has created, I think, unrealistic expectations. I mean, I wouldn't say that trophy. That award that he won. So you're judging him as a South American player of the year, but I think the reality is, and we know looking at back at that season that he was not the best player in South America that year. And that created unrealistic expectations from us and from the fan base. I think when you look back on the time that he had here, he still did very well. I think that last year he struggled quite a bit. The first part of the season, he played much better the second half. And, you know, we're making all these judgments about the team and players. Like this is a normal September. It's been eight matches. So if you look at him this season, he's been pretty good. You had the long stretch of the pandemic. If he you was go, great against Nashville. He was great against Nashville. He was your most – I mean, he was, your, he was good against uh, Red Bulls at MLS's back. He had, he had a couple clunkers there. I agree he hasn't been consistent. But I think the problem here, Eric, is you're judging him through a lens of those expectations of – coming out of South America and being one of the best players on the continent playing there at that time, we agree that that's not the case. So we shouldn't be holding him to those types of expectations. And to me, he had a successful career here. I very much disagree that he'll dog the team when he leaves because I thought, you know, for all the troubles he went through last year, I saw PT Martinez this year that was speaking a different game. His body language was better. He was giving you consistent, good effort across the board. And this would have been the year if he was that guy that was going to leave and criticize the club that he would have blown up. And that didn't happen. So for me, I mean, obviously I've been very critical, but I think Eric, a lot of what you're saying is based on unrealistic expectations of who PT was supposed to be in the first place. And also ignores the fact that, that, that we've only, this season is still very, we're still very early in the season. And he's been pretty good. If you go over the matches going all the way back to March. So I just think it's a little overstated to say he's not a good player and he won't be missed and he's going to bash the club when he leaves because I think we would have seen quite different behavior from him over the last few months if that was the case. And we would have seen different spell of form on the field. And as Sam said, he's kind of leaving, playing the best that he's been since he's been here despite all the turmoil with the club. Listen, you be the voice of reason, I'll be the voice of irrationality. So that's how we play this, all right? Well, hey, I prefer you, honestly. On it. And look, I mean – I, I think, yeah, I mean, that, that's – it's always somewhere in between, right? And, I th- you know – I, I, I just yeah. – my, my, my issue is that I look, at, I look at him and I think, okay, well, here's a guy, again, that, that claimed he should, have been, he should have been more respected by the, the you know, some teams in Europe. He came, he came to Atlanta in a league where he probably should have – going coming from, from, from Argentina to MLS, you should, as a South American player of the year, in my opinion, as someone who, is, who has been given that title – of someone being that good that deserves that, you should come into MLS and at the very least be a, a, a force to, that, that has to be reckoned with. And he was never that with Atlanta United. 
Well, he I had thought, moments. I he thought had moments, he was, but he though. was never that. I thought by the end of last season he was, and then I thought this season he was. You know was. what? That, that's you know he did have a good stretch. Yeah. And then sure. I thought this season, if I mean, and again, you're piecing together eight matches over you know six months. But I'm not. But that's not all I'm piecing. I'm piecing. I'm piecing all of last year and what what what's occurred this year. Right, but I think I think that's I think that's a big enough sample size. If you look at the end of 2019 and 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 say you look at it optimistically and you say see it through the lens of okay he needed time to adapt he needed time to adjust uh, obviously as we now know no one liked the manager anyway uh, but then you carry that over this season and he continued to me not super consistent as but good performances overall where he was giving you that effort he was giving you that enthusiasm he did you know he was he was. I know this is to be overblown, but his body language is very good during a time where, like I said, the club was basically in turmoil. Um, so I don't. I look at you know the end of 2019 where we agree he was playing well, and I look at 2020 just being an extension of what we saw at the end of 2019. It's just that it took six months to play eight matches. I think, unfortunately, for his perspective too, like. He was maybe, – maybe he came into Atlanta United thinking he was going to do one thing or play a certain way, play a certain position or whatever, and it seemed like that changed a lot a couple of different times. Like it wasn't just uh, him being able to come in with a certain mindset of this is the type of player I'm going to be, you know, with the, the change obviously to Frank DeBoer. And with Frank DeBoer changing his own tactics a few times to try and get – uh, the better out of this team. I, I think that affected the way he he was able to play. And then, you know, Frank DeBoer gets fired and Stephen Glass comes in. And uh, through these first few games of Stephen Glass, I still don't think we know uh, what this team exactly wants to do yeah. uh, in terms of – because they, they have looked a little different in, in these games. But I think from Pitti Martinez's perspective, you look at it as, yeah, probably a failure when you look at the the, the – the weight that was put on his transfer in and what he was expected to do with Atlanta United. But from the team's perspective here, I mean, it's, it's soccer is so funny sometimes because you have some leagues and you know, these uh, middle Eastern leagues are like this where they will overpay for players just to get some names, just to get, you yeah. know, some sort of uh, credibility or whatever. So Atlanta United really lucked out tremendously here to be able to get, that 18 million, which I think if, if the, you know, there were a lot of figures when he came uh, to Atlanta United, but I think it was 14, 14 million yep. million was the one that, that people, you know, uh, really figured was the one. So to make a $4 million profit off a player who I think we can all agree overall with expectation was a failure as a designated player in MLS for the most part. I, I know Josh, I'll give you that. Yes, he was getting better and everything, but just from a, looking at his value, looking at what Atlanta United wanted him to do. Yeah, it was a failure. Yes. But from the team's perspective, success. They made $4 million off a guy who barely registered in terms of being a, an impact on your club. Totally agree. All I'm saying is if this is a normal September, and let's say that he has performed well and we've played you know 25 matches at this point, and then he's sold, then I think we're maybe saying – this was not a failure as a DP. Now, look, you can only you, you can only judge him off what he did, you know. And 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 in the end, the majority of his matches are going to be rem- you're going to remember that first really over half of 2019. Mm-hmm. But but I, I do think there's some context we can add here where you know if you don't have this crazy situation with the pandemic, and he does as he appears to have maybe done continue that end of 2019 form into 2020. 
then I think we're talking about more of a successful spell here uh, for PT Martinez. And I wanted to say one last thing about what you said, Sam, because I thought you brought up a good point that he kind of had to readjust his expectations of himself, of his game, and realize, um, you know, that he was in a different place, that his career was maybe not going to go where he thought it was as easily as maybe he thought it was going to. Maybe he thought, you know, he was going to do what Miguel Amiron did in Atlanta, you know, and spend two years and go to the Premier League, something like that. So I give him credit for, for recognizing that and seeming to, as you said, Sam, pick himself up, improve his form, adapt his game to the league and his team. So I give P.T. Martinez a lot of credit. And in the end, I'll, I'll look back on his time. I mean, this is a personal opinion, but I'll look, I'll look back on his time here fondly. Uh, and I, I think there were some times, though, I will say that, like, he's not a player that didn't go off into, you know, South American media and maybe say a thing or two here or there. I think he did that. So I'm not going to give exonerate him completely. But I will say that he wasn't a locker room, like, like cancer or whatever you want to call it, even though it wasn't really going the way that I think he would have wanted it to here. It's so I, I give him credit for that. Because think about like how much of his legacy here is viewed through his, his public complaints about Frank DeBoer right. uh, during his first season here. You know, you wonder if he had played the, the good soldier or whatever and just yeah, just kind of kept his head down and, and admitted, going. look, I'm having a tough time adjusting, you know, if we'd see him differently now. That being said, I have no problem with him going public, especially knowing what we know now about Frank DeBoer, that he, uh, that, that, you know, he, I think P.T. Martinez was – more or less echoing uh, the locker room with his comments. Um, but certainly, no, the ego, I think, ultimately is what got absolutely. in the way of way too many things. He absolutely. just wouldn't, didn't I want see. to be checked by anyone. But certainly when, when we look at P.T. Martinez, a lot of our qualms with him have to do with the fact that those comments, we really identify him with the tumultuous times of the last year and a half uh, in so many ways. And obviously, I actually thought he played – decently well here and i think there are a lot of other factors at play that uh that put the club where they are now i, I have a sense that he's not going to look on his time with in atlanta very fondly just because i, I think he was really under the, uh, i think he was under not not just because of the obvious but i think he was under the impression that he's going to be playing under a different coach um Barros Scalotto, as opposed to frank DeBoer. i think um, he thought he was going to come I, here and take the league over i mean i think he really so did i i, I think south I think american that, player of the league this guy comes in and he's like oh this is going to be easy yeah i'm going to come in here and score mm-hmm. 20 goals a year and it's like whoa Mm-hmm. I think that um, I think that it's it's a great moment. I think outsider looking in. I obviously don't know what's going on inside the club, but outsider looking on it, it, it or looking in it, it seems like it's a it's a a good moment of honesty for the club to recognize that you know what pity is not part of the future for Atlanta United. We're gonna go ahead. I look. I'm I'm curious what other offers they might have had because I can't imagine that that uh, that this club. Uh, what is it? I forget the name of the club now. Al Nasser. So I can't imagine that they they were the only they, they were the only ones offering anything for pity, and I can't imagine that they just came in with just eighteen million dollars and was like, all right, well that sounds like a good round number to us. See, I, I can that, though because that's I, how the Middle Eastern League yeah, works. Al Nasser's <laughs> owner, whoever he is, he is not hurting from the pandemic. No, he I doesn't care. He probably doesn't even know who Pity Martinez is. Somebody who works for him is like, hey, we can go get this guy for eighteen million. Eighteen, sure, here you go. Yeah, I get yeah. that, but you don't. You're not a. You don't become a good a good businessman without you know making good deals at some point in your life i can't imagine unless you just, you just inherited uh, rolled over and said uh, i can't imagine about oil money a little bit <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Just, unless you just inherited oil money although i don't want to say that it, that's oil money there but anyways we were getting too much into i just can't imagine I can't imagine, I can't imagine yeah. they just he just came out and said 18 million and they and they all agreed like that's i 
can't imagine that's how that worked. But it's a good moment, honestly, for the club and 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 recognizing that you know Pity is not part of the future for Atlanta United. He's yeah. not going to fit with whoever comes next. E- either they 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 recognize the, the his flaws in his game and recognize that that's not going to be something that's going to translate well in MLS and and it's not going to be some he's not going to be a player that's coachable like say a Barco. Um, and I think that Pity Martinez is also a player that that can't be the 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 star player on that team. He's got to be. He's going to be a really, 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 really good supporting cast member, and he's incredibly productive that way, in my opinion. Because when you ask him to be the guy, like we did in Atlanta, he doesn't he doesn't perform very well. He can't be the guy, and it's almost the same situation Barco's in, where I think Barco suffers from the same thing. Where I think Barco needs to be surrounded by good players so that he then performs at his best. Now that seems obvious enough to say, but you're seeing the consequences of not surrounding Barco with great players. He can't get the service that he needs. He can't find the space that, that he requires to, to kind of, you know, to, to, to create the opportunities that he wants to create building players or putting good players around, putting better players around good players makes them better, obviously. So I think Almiron didn't need that. Joseph Martinez doesn't really need that. Those are two well, players. He needs service, that, though. I mean, he's he needs service, sure. Service. But we all know Joseph Martinez, with or without service, is still the good player that he is. Yeah. We don't know that about Pity. We don't know that about Barco. If anything, those those two players are the same in the sense that they need those, uh, you know, quality players around them to then succeed themselves. This is a um, real big moment for Ezekiel Barco, by the way. You know, this sale goes through. So right now, he's Atlanta's only DP. I know that there's talk about them in this window buying another designated player and an attacking designated player to help Ezekiel Barco. But, I mean, there's there's rumors about Barco, and he could possibly be getting sold at some point. So, guys, guys, if he guys, is staying it, in Atlanta, though, this is a big moment for him because it's going forward. It's like, what happens to him now? Guys, it seems obvious what's going to happen. They're making a run at Messi. Oh yeah, this is the clear. They're making a run at Messi. This is the this is the only explanation for for getting rid of one DP, potentially getting rid of another, and then making the open comments about going after a, you know a, a DP in this window. You know, I actually disagreed with the the public. Josh disagrees that we're going after Messi. Uh, no, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't. I just don't think he. You know, he just does he have? Just doesn't fit the system. And, yeah, I mean, you got Even, Barco, he's not a Stephen Glass guy. Marco, a younger Argentine version of Messi, as we all know. Um, I actually disagreed with, and I, 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 of course, we're happy they're immediately searching for another attacking designated player. Uh, but I actually disagreed with the idea that you have to do it this window and, and to be so public about it. Um, to me, this season is, and to me, it doesn't even have to be actually an attacking DP um, because, uh, you know, Joseph Martinez, as we all know, is going to come back next season. Um, so I, I didn't really understand the, I, the need to go public with that and kind of create a sense of desperation, which is first of all going to allow teams to drive up the value on players that you make a bid on. But I also feel like this season kind of being a wash anyway, where you're subbing Tyler Wolf into a match, you know, in the 60th minute, I don't think you need to be so desperate to go find that player because, I don't. You're really forcing feel, yourself into a bad situation. You you could be right, and exactly I, I right. and I and I don't feel like MLS Cup or bust is. While I like that the club are saying that, I think we all know that's not a realistic expectation this season. Not so, with this squad. If that DP is out there and you can upgrade from PT, that's great. But if if he isn't, I I don't really see any problem with waiting to the next window. Or if you find a great six, you know, maybe for instance, that could that could be a DP for you. Why not pull the trigger on him as well? Because you've got a great attacking player, Joseph Martinez. You know you're going to have back next season. 
And then you see how important Darlington Nagby was. So to spend money for that position to try to replicate that would be a great thing for Atlanta United. Well, for me, for me, I actually think more. I think what you need is more of a partly Nagby, but also you need a little more of a defensive force. Defensive drawback. Yeah, yeah. Um. Uh. So yeah, a mix of maybe a Nagby, a mix of a Nagby and Lorenzo, which which would be a fantastic player, which would be somebody you might be playing paying designated player type money. But all I'm saying is, I, I don't really feel like. Uh, first of all, you don't have to do it this window because the season's kind of a wash anyway. So why come public and say that and make teams realize, all right, we can maybe get them to pay a little more. Well, do you think they, they did that to avoid backlash? Like, do you think – because, uh, look, obviously maybe, yeah. selling Pitsy Martinez off right now seems like a weird timing kind of thing. But, again, they got so much damn money for him. I don't think you could have said no. But it, it, maybe it's like, hey, the fans and everybody are going to start being like, what the hell are y'all doing? And it's – unfortunate sure. if that sure. did dictate them being like hey we're going to come out and spend this money right now because i agree with you don't force it if the guy's not there don't go sign someone that's not going to be a fit or whatever just because you feel like you need to do that i think that if they did react to be like okay we don't want the fans or we don't want the media or whoever to give us all this backlash or side so we're going to go ahead and tell them that yeah we're yeah. going to spend this money right now don't force it and, and, and if they and are yeah. doing that that's a bad look to be like, hey, let's try to – Any other season, any other season, I'd say that's a good look. But since Joseph Martinez is out, you don't have to rush into anything. Yeah. I feel like the fans – I feel like they almost need to come out and, and, and not openly say that, but you gotta find a way – You've got to pacify the fans. Find, find – yeah, a little bit. Find a way to, to send out that message without being as obvious – as just coming out and saying it because I feel like a lot of the fans are going to be upset and you know, it's, you know, you've already got the the distraction with Frank DeBoer being gone. You've got, you know, a a team right now that, that is not even close to what it was last year, even let alone 2017, 2018. And so you've got a lot of people just wondering what the hell is going on. They're they're You know, you've got more and more of the Atlanta curse, if you will, or Atlanta sports, whatever attached to, to Atlanta United now. Um, and, and I feel like, especially the newer Atlanta United fans, I feel like this is a good time, especially for people like the media, the podcast, to come out and just explain that this is just part of the process. This is hashtag history. That's the can, part. You're, you're totally right. Embrace, new soccer fans can, are going to be like, they're going to be like, like, hey, what happened to this team? Atlanta United what? has always <laughs> been good. Why are we bad right now? What the hell's going on here? And it's like, I totally agree that, yeah, the fan, the team needs to do, quite frankly, a better job of setting annual expectations, or I guess year in and year out expectations. Because newsflash, you're not going to win the damn league every single year. And I do think that there's a sect of Atlanta United fans because this team has only really known success in their infancy. There is a sect of fans that's like unacceptable at any time to be losing. And it's like, well, I mean, you know, you do have to rebuild and retool a team from time to time. And that's what's going on with Atlanta United right now. And it does worry me a little bit if the front office, the team, whoever is like, we have to make statements and do these things based off of fan reaction. Because obviously if you're letting the fans uh, dictate how you make decisions and and, and, then saying we have to make this announcement or else our fans are going to get mad that might not be the best way to run your club. But the, the way – and I'm not saying they need to just placate to the fans, but what I am saying is that maybe there's a way they do it not so directly in the in – the, you know, by playing some more Atlanta United 2 players or, or starting them or getting them more time, on, uh, you know, in, in you know, game minutes and stuff like that, make it obvious that this is a, a – not a rebuilding year because that's not really the right way to phrase it, but a, a, a – it's going to be an off year. 
you can still find a way to sneak into the playoffs, but you don't have the firepower, at least right now you don't, to really make a, a, a strong run into that playoffs. Well, I, like, don't more teams make the playoffs this year? Didn't they expand? Well, seven, seven, from each, right? seven from each conference. So seven. it's going to be less than last year, right? Oh, yeah, I think that's right. I believe. Um, but I think right now, last I checked, they were in eighth. That might be different. That was at, right after the game, so I don't know exactly how everything ended up last night. But they've still, I mean, they've still got a chance to make the playoffs. It's not like the season's over, but what realistic expectations, at least right now, do we have that they would actually perform in the playoffs? Not, not, you know, not, not high expectations. So if you, if you want to take the year, at least in my opinion, if you want to take the year, if you're a club, if you want to make a strong statement as to, okay, we're punting, if you will, not that that's the right word to use, but we're, we're going to use this season to uh, help develop some of the younger guys, get them game minutes, uh, find a way to, to see if we can, can, pull out another miles Robinson, find a, you know, you know, I don't know, find a young guy that, that find another George Bellow out of Atlanta or something type. like that. A Julian Gressel, diamond in the rough type of player that we didn't know we really had until we actually put him on the field and he started performing and, and he, he rose to the occasion, all that stuff. This would be a good season to do it. I, I don't know that. Um, I, it just, it all depends on who they're actually targeting in this transfer window, what kind of, what kind of prospect, what kind of players are actually targeting? Again, if it's like a messy, I'd say go ahead and pull the trigger now. I'm it does seem kind of weird to target I'm a not, player without having a manager though. I'm not, I, I agree. I'm not saying they should go after Messi. I don't, what the point is, or that they're going what to do What do you that. mean? <laughs> I'm <laughs> saying they should. Eric's now saying, saying they, they shouldn't saying they go won't. after the best player <laughs> in the world. They, by the way. I think what I, what, what I mean to say is that I don't think it's 99% very likely. sure. He's what, I'm, what I mean to say is that it's not very likely it's going to happen. As much as I love for it to happen, I, I seriously right. doubt yeah, it. That's, Dude, that's yeah, even right. too strong. You, not very likely. I'm more <laughs> likely to be sitting outside and get hit by a lightning bolt, and there's not a cloud in the sky right now than Messi is to come to Atlanta right now. Like, I don't understand. Like, even people joking Sam, about it. Sam, you're saying like, you're saying you're 99% sure he's not coming to Atlanta. <laughs> I'm, I'm 101% sure, which is impossible. Oh, like, you cannot be more than 100% of anything. I can't wait for this sweet moments of, of, of playback. If he comes here, United. if Lionel Messi did come here and I have that like on tape, I mean, I don't know. If he comes here in this transfer window, I will, I will eat a hundred dollar bill. There we go. Fun. You All heard right. it live. Um, yeah, I, I had to agree. put some sort of prediction it's, out. It's hard to, yeah, it's hard to, I would say it's hard to go after specific players. A bit tone manager. deaf in this economy, wouldn't you say? <laughs> but, no, but, but seriously, though, in all seriousness, without a manager, it does yeah, seem right. kind of weird to be going after. Like they're, they're, and, and this is why they could have easily just as, as emphatically said, we're going to, you know, try our best to build on the squad, whether it's in this window or whether it's in a future window, instead of saying, oh, we're going to spend this money right now in this window. I mean, I just Time think out. that that's hamstringing yourself. And you, you don't have a manager. You bring in Messi, player manager, good to go. <laughs> I'm giving you the I'm giving you the the answers here. I'm telling you how to do this. I mean, Luis Suarez United. isn't even coming to MLS right now. He's <laughs> apparently going to go to Juventus, and everybody was like, "That's a sure thing." He's going to Miami. So if Suarez isn't coming, Messi definitely is not yeah. coming. And as we know, I mean, you're probably looking at a young player whose name we probably don't know yet. I mean, some people might, but uh, you know, I mean, uh, you're pro- it's not probably not going to be a big household name from Europe. Uh, I think you're probably looking at a, a young South American. Uh, I mean, that, because that's the, what, what the club has done yeah. uh, with that. So it's probably not someone, you know, not a household name, but I'll be interested to see the, the caliber of player that we're linked with just tend to agree with Sam that you, 
hamstring yourself by saying you're going to go get a DP, and then if you don't, you make yourself look bad. So they should uh, make a run at that uh, Christian uh, Pulisic guy. I yeah, think I he's going to turn some heads. Wouldn't, yeah. He wouldn't take an international spot too, so that's good. <laughs> True, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, uh, so Eric, Lopez can, Eric Lopez we, can play. Do we want to dive into uh, the match last night, boys? Yeah, not what, particularly. What, what do you guys think? I mean, what? How would you guys? I mean. I, I was actually, one of the most boring games I've ever watched. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, was so cool. It was so bad. 40 fouls, or just a mess. Well, like, neither team has an ability to consistently create good chances right yeah. now. Like, Miami, it's like Rodolfo Perez, and that's Bizarre. it. Because you've got Brett Shea on the other side, like, trying Bizarro. to, like, yeah. still no, – excuse me. Uh, yeah, Pizarro, thank you. Yeah. Um, All good. Uh, but you've, you've, you've still got um, – you know, guys like Breck Shea playing meaningful minutes for them, which is fine. But, I mean, I just think ultimately they're still in a build mode. And, by the way, how about being a Miami fan and being, like, super confident that, like, oh, Luis Suarez is coming here and it looks like you're <laughs> going to end up with Gonzalo Higuain instead? That's got to be a real <laughs> kick in the teeth. Uh, well, specific, <laughs> specifically, I, I didn't find it as boring. I, I was a little – considering – Maybe what? it was just because because of the lens in which nobody I was, was creating. What are you talking about? I, no, no, no. Like I get it. Of, like, I get 10 it. Shots in the game. I get it. Like, like. I get it. But you recognize the players you had on the field. You recognize the chaos you had, uh, kind of going around the club when when it came to the pity trade or pity sale. Um, it, it I, I wasn't as discouraged as I as I was. Just like, all right, well, maybe you can kind of build off of something. Sure, you didn't create a lot of chances. That's true, but. It's not like it was an absolute wash, at least in my opinion. I was encouraged by some of the things I saw, the way they held possession. I, I, Stuart Holder was kind of crapping on Atlanta. He's like, yeah, you can play these five-yard passes back and forth all, all day, but at some point you got to create something. And I, while I agree, all that, I'm not saying it was the greatest game of all time, but I wasn't as disappointed as, as considering everything that's going on. Considering you yeah. don't have you don't have the quality depth that, you, that you've had in the past, considering you don't have the star power you've had in the past, considering that uh, – you know, you 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 know you don't have really anything in the attack. I, I was I wasn't happy with 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 uh, Barco, mainly because I, I feel like at this point he he's been figured out. He's not going to dribble around two or three guys, and as soon as he gets touched, he's going down. That's the easiest thing to do. Five it, dribbles, I, and he was fouled five times. It, it's it's uh, so yeah. But how many of those good. fouls? How many how many of those fouls were actually fouls or just him drawing the foul? What does it matter? It doesn't, but we're not good. We're not good at taking free kicks. We're not good at set pieces. So, if you're if you're the opponent, yeah, foul them all day. Who cares? You're not. Gonna, they're not going to get anything out of it. Yeah, I mean, I. Think Why would the, you do that? The problem, I think, to to the the perform. So the game was boring. So I disagree with you. The game. Look, the I, I, game let, let me let boring. me get let me get let me get specific. I like Brooks Lennon. In, on an on an individual basis, I like Brooks Lennon. I didn't like Castillo. Um, I was okay with Heinemann. Rometty, I thought, had a rough game. I think the back line was okay. You, talk, you look at the back line and what they've done recently. I thought they were how, great. Yeah, I, I, you look at the back line and what they've done recently and holding teams to, you know, not a ton of chances. They're not, they're not going to win the games for you, but they're not, get, they're not blowing the game for you, I'll say. Um, but you had individual performances and group performances that I thought were encouraging, and that's yeah. what I took away from it. I, again, I'm like you guys. I thought I, I was half asleep you know, in the 75th minute. But I, to be honest, Inter-Miami should have won that game. 
should have won that game probably by two goals. They carved out more chances. I wouldn't say. I mean, I wouldn't say they had. I mean, the. I wouldn't say they had huge chances. I wouldn't say that necessarily. I mean, but, I'm not saying they. Had, I'm not saying they had huge chances. I'm saying they had more chances than United that they should have put away. Neither team had quality. They had one big chance with Pires Atlanta, one big chance with Kubo. I, look, I no, think – No, Pires, man, the look on his face when he missed that too. <laughs> I know. To Eric's point, so I think what um, is that – so look, I mean, the performance in some ways is as good as you could expect, right? You defended great. Sure. You controlled possession, so you played good through the midfield. You clearly you don't know Atlanta United fans if you think that's the best you could expect. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, hey, I, under the conditions. Well, under the conditions. Right. So look, you got to put that in. You got to put that in the same sentence. Under the conditions, qualifier. I think they played fine. So look, Joseto was. How do you say his name again? Is, Jose it, is that Joseto? I got to get that down. Is he, again, he com, very good. Com, did what he was supposed to do. Rometty more or less did what he was supposed to do. Uh, your back four, uh, Edgar Castillo wasn't particularly good, but you weren't expecting him to be good. The other three were fantastic. You couldn't create chances. Well, that makes sense, right? You just lost PT Martinez. You're already missing Joseph Martinez and struggling to create chances. So in some ways, like I was saying, you had your defense very well, your midfield played very well, and your attack play about as well as you would expect when you're missing when PT's suddenly out the door, big surprise. Obviously, you've already been struggling to create without Joseph, and you're trying to integrate these new guys in, uh, like 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 Akubo Torres. So, it, it, how surprised were you by I the agree. way encouraged, that the team encouraged. actually came out and said um, that you know, hey, we're negotiating sale for Pity as opposed to like him not being in the line with them, be like, oh, he's got a knock. Oh, are you kidding me? They 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 took that check straight to the bank, man. They, I mean, they were like, "Yes, we agree, we agree." Do you think Darren Eels fell what, out of his chair when he got like the initial when he got the offer? Yes, Do you think he's sitting yes. there and he's like, "What the hell? You want to pay us what for this guy?" Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they might have leaked the rumor for all we know. You know, it's a done yeah, deal. He's like, "By the way, look at this it's great piece it, of know. business we did. The results uh, might not be going the way y'all want on the field, but we just sold this guy for eighteen million. <laughs> They saw a guy that was not productive at all with Atlanta United for the most part. And oh, come on. For, it's, a, for, it's an incredible piece of business. Remember, two so weeks ago, two, 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 about two, three weeks ago, I'm telling, I, I remember saying on the podcast, guys, he's here for a long time because no one's going to want him. The only people going to want him are people in Argentina and they can't afford him. That's the thing. And there's always China and there's <laughs> always the Middle East. Those yeah. leagues buy players that other leagues don't want any part of anymore because they just want that name recognition. And he was, he was what? Martinez has name recognition. I guarantee you for damn sure they're going to be playing up that South American player of the year thing when they introduce this guy at their press. Oh, for sure. Hey, and he's got South great American highlights, you know. What did he, he's got he great signed, highlights. You can market him. He signed for what, a five-year deal? Wasn't it oh, five years that that he that, that he uh, the deal? Good grief. I, I have a feeling that it was it was it was five years. I, mean, I think I remember seeing that. But a year and a half into that deal, you've already sold him for more than you got him for, and he hasn't really produced for you. Incredible. I mean, he can he can he can you know the Middle East he, and that's China. He can, he can obviously he can obviously he can obviously hold up two trophies with Land United. But I mean, come on. Him as an individual player isn't going to change anything. Well, there's no question that that he that they he was they overpaid. I mean, they're. Regardless of what you think about PT, there's no no doubt about that. Because if he was worth that, he would already be being linked with European clubs for similar numbers we've seen with Barco. Maybe I hundred percent agree. By the way, that um, that this is a guy who had no you know n- no business really getting that much like pay for. I mean that that it just it just blows my freaking mind that they were able to get 
that much money for him though. It, it, because even with, you know, and I've excused it as being the, the Middle East and the, but, but even so, like you still have to spend, like if you're going to spend that much money, you still need to get players that are going to impact your team. And like, I a hundred percent agree that this is a complimentary piece as Eric has been talking about. He's not a guy that can, that, that can pull your team along, you know, like we've seen with other guys like Miguel Almiron, for example, this is a guy who needs other players around him to take care of and, certain uh, responsibility so he can kind of do what he wants to do. And they're linked with, with Mesut Ozil. So I, maybe their goal is just to get, uh, players like that who need other good players to pass to and don't recover defensively. So I don't know. Maybe, the they're, perfect. They just maybe, they're, on, maybe they're on to something. <laughs> um, but funny because those two guys, I mean, obviously completely different levels of player. Um, yeah. They've had, way similar, better. They've, <laughs> they've had kind of similar, similar issues uh, in terms of trying to fit into their role with their team uh, over the past few years. But uh, I, I just want to continue to echo what Eric said. Um, if we quickly look forward here, I do think there are way more positives than that. You know, that could be way worse right now. You know, you've sold PT Martinez, you're missing Joseph Martinez. You don't have a manager and yet you've got a great collection of center backs. It looks like perhaps the best you've ever had in Atlanta United. And I know some people will challenge me on that, but they've been fantastic where you're not conceding a lot of opportunities when you're getting nothing on the other end, which makes it very hard to defend. You've got George Bello, who's a clear upgrade at left back. I think Mateus Rossetto, ah, Rossetto has a chance to be very, very, very good if you look at the production that he's putting up. You know Emerson Hyman is serviceable. Joseph Martinez is going to be back next year. Um, you see what you get from Dom. You'll see you know, if you'll have Barco back or you'll get money for him. So there are pieces in place and the ability to improve with the, now the DP spots opening up where I think this to be a team that can win MLS Cup in 2021 right away. So I'm positive. I'm positive about the really? future. You just have to rely – the team has to use their resources a lot better than they have the last two seasons. But I think you've got a lot of places and pieces in place in defense, a lot of pieces in place in the midfield, and then obviously you have Joseph Martinez who you can build around an attack. And he's They've got to get season. better on the ball, though. More skilled on the ball. That's the biggest issue for me right now. Just but not I think enough the, skill on the ball. Yeah, so those are the players you have to go get. But – you know, I think one thing we have to acknowledge, Joseph Martinez, missing Joseph Martinez is the big issue this year. That's the biggest issue with the drop in performance on the field. It's not the manager. It's not Barco. It's not PT. It's missing Joseph Martinez and going to a USL striker. When that changes next season, if you fill in these holes the right way, you already have the pieces in place, I think, to be very, very good in 2021. So I'm with Eric, encouraged by the performance, positive about the future. Uh, before we dip out, let's give a big shout out to uh, Lucid FC, a sponsor of the podcast. Uh, Lucid FC, distinctly, distinctively modern clothing line based right here in Atlanta, reflects a deeply British American heritage design approach to clothing, uh, promotes freedom of fashion, gender, and role. The brand's iconic logo, immediately recognizable. You see more and more uh, celebrities using this stuff. Um, they make pants, outerwear, hats, shirts, hoodies. Uh, right now, they're doing a, a big push to, to sell their, uh, uh, their face masks. Use the code DSS at checkout for a nice little discount. Ask me what the FC and Lucid FC stands for, boys. What does the FC stand for? What Lucid does the FC? Lucid FC stand for? Footwear and clothing. Check uh, them out, lucidfc.us. Make sure you check them out. All right, any final thoughts? I love you guys. Good to see everybody. Onwards and upwards at Josh B914 on Twitter. At Sam J. Franco, you better buy an attacking player now. At Eric G. Quintana, at MOTS Podcast, to follow the podcast. And uh, that does it for us until next week. See you later, Lana. See ya.